This podcast is sponsored by Uncana, trusted natural solutions. Uncana is a leading voice of advocacy for CBD in the veteran LEO and federal communities. Veteran-owned and operated, the Uncana team is actively fighting for DOD access to CBD with political pressure, community support, and a simple message. Hashtag OpNatural. Uncana is vertically integrated with industry leaders from seed to sell, supplying premium small batch products to America's best. Use code MENTORS4MIL the number four, M-I-L, at checkout at uncana.com to receive your amazing discount. Read the Mentors for Military disclaimer at mentorsformilitary.com slash disclaimer. to getting into this topic because yeah. there's just so many things around functional medicine that I see out there, um, you know, especially now with everybody getting to some of the more of the health craze and using more organic stuff. So it's really going to be a great conversation. Yeah. I want to go, though, in the beginning of your time. And by the way, welcome to the Mentors Military Podcast, first off. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to get into the very beginning, though, in that you're not only a physician, uh, but you also are a police officer, correct? And a SWAT member as a medic. Yes, I am. So I initially did my medical training in emergency medicine okay. when I was down in Dallas, Texas. Uh, came back to Michigan where I live now and did a specialized year of training in pre-hospital medicine and EMS. So like you'd call 911, you'd get paramedics in an ambulance plus me in a doctor car, uh, <laughs> you know, doing uh, medicine in people's houses, the side of the road. And yeah. from there, I um, the whole reason I did that was to get involved with tactical medicine and with the police department. And so from there, I started, uh, became a special deputy with my sheriff's department uh, and took the EMS and emergency medicine training into the Saginaw County ES team, our emergency services team, or our SWAT team. Uh, and I've been with them for f about four years now. So it's a fun hobby. It keeps me out of trouble. Yeah, so you've got experience in, in emergency medicine, urgent care, primary care, and functional medicine, which we're going to kind of talk about today. And some of your, um, I guess, more personalized approach and work has been with athletes and high-performing individuals obviously members of SWAT and stuff like that. And um, I, I think your background is going to be really cool when we're talking military service. Now, you yourself have not had any military service. I have not had that honor. No, I have no military service. Uh, well, I mean, you're performing in a much different uh, capacity. Everybody always says something about, you know, service and they wish they could have joined or something like that. And I think a lot of us who have served always say people serve in different ways and you're serving in a much different way. That, uh, that's how I look at it, at least. Thank you. Yeah. So I, uh, a couple that have actually been on your podcast before is how I got sort of connected into the community is through, uh, I did some time with global surgical medical support group right. over in Iraq, um, with some retired SF guys, retired Marines. And then the team that went after me sort of got me plugged in with you Hunter seven foundation and things like that. So, yeah. um, I had done it for some veterans that are on the SWAT team in terms of functional medicine. Uh, and then, 
through GSMSG and my other connections is sort of how it's blossomed to become, you know, a big part of my practice and one of the groups I really enjoy working with. Two great organizations you just dropped there, Hunter 7 Foundation and Global Surgical Medical Group. And there are previous podcast episodes that people can go back and look at. Um, I don't recall the actual numbers, but you can go back and look at those episode numbers and learn a lot more about those organizations, the backgrounds, what they do on a daily basis. Really good stuff. So conventional medicine is more of a symptoms-based treatment, whereas functional medicine treats more of the underlying root. Um, and like doctor-centered is more conventional, you're more patient-centered. Kind of help yeah. me understand like functional medicine when people look at that and how that compares to conventional medicine. So functional medicine is a term, it sometimes gets thrown out as integrative medicine, um, holistic medicine occasionally gets thrown out. It, it covers a huge array of how people practice. Um, for me, what functional medicine is, is sort of like you mentioned, it's more than the traditional style of attacking symptoms and problems as they pop up. Right. It's more of approaching my patient as a whole, um, both from a preventative side, like making sure that we're checking in regularly, they're healthy and well taken care of, but also when problems do arise or they come to me with problems that can't be solved by a traditional medical system, that we go back further, right? Like we don't treat every symptom as an individual problem, but how do all of these symptoms tie together, whether that be your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep, your stress, you know, um, your lifestyle or things you may have been exposed to or, or things like that. And how can we sort of address this as a whole as opposed to a medication for the sleep, a medication for the weight or for the, the symptoms that you have? It kind of approaches the patient as one unit as opposed to each symptom being unrelated. Hunter Seven Foundation talked a lot about this when it related to, you know, the, the fact that people went over to Iraq and Afghanistan, were exposed to all kinds of different conditions, especially um, the debris and the smoke and everything from burn pits. And one of the things that they honed on is exactly what you're talking about, looking and paying attention to each of those different symptoms and seeing that is there a um, are a number of those combined together a result of some kind of maybe individual event or a multitude of events. Um, and then you can treat that in a different way, like you said, than treating individual symptoms where you may have a whole medicine cabinet worth of drugs. Exactly. And so, you know, when it comes to things like burn pits and things like that, you know, obviously decreasing exposure is number one, sure. right? If you can avoid the exposure in the first place, but that's not always possible no matter what we're talking about. Right. Uh, and so, afterwards how do we prevent progression of disease or treat disease but not treating each individual symptom as a completely unrelated factor but how are these things tied together because almost always they are your body doesn't work as individual systems it works as a collective whole and, and so to approach the treatment and the care of it as a collective whole just makes sense i have a physician personal physician that really kind of looks at things the same way and i've been very fortunate because i've ran into individuals who've had let's say um cholesterol that's more or less borderline you know you're starting to reach that stage and you maybe had it for a period of time and a lot of physicians might go ahead and start saying all right we, we need to look at putting you on medication whereas my physician kept looking at it for a period and then just said hey listen there are other things that we can look at let's look at you know, whether or not not there's a lot of fatty tissue on your heart or, you know, those types of things. And, you know, there's a test that your insurance won't pay for. But here, let's, you know, if we have this done, it can give me a real indication as to whether there's an issue here. Um, and, and it's, you know, especially since it may be prolonged. 
And when I share things like that, you know, or even CBD or those types of things, for that matter, even going to a chiropractor, you know, which some people find rather shocking that a doctor would even recommend a chiropractor. You know, I, I'm very fortunate I have a physician like that. And I hear other people that just, you know, they they rush to getting prescribed medication. And it's it's, you know, then you're going to create downstream effects from using, of course, the medication. Right. So medication like either prescription medications or even some supplements you know they're only meant to do one thing and so if that's always the first step is well you have this abnormal number here's the treatment for it well then you're not addressing you know is this really a problem is this something that your body's actually suffering from with the extra tests like you talked about you know can we see is this actually causing any uh any negative effects on your body, but then also can we talk about treatment options that aren't related to one medication that's going to affect this number, but then also has a lot of other side effects and things that, you know, may be negative towards other aspects of your health that we have to deal with in the future because of the medication before we even do the test to see if it's a problem. Well, and you guys, you know, when you want to say you guys, if people who practice functional medicine are really more trying to be prevention focused, right? Rather than, you know, early detection and stuff. I mean, you guys are really trying to get into, well, if you do these certain behaviors or these certain things, you're going to make sure you head off, you know, any potential problems. Yeah, it's always easier when a patient comes to me saying, I want to, I'm healthy. I want to stay healthy. How do I do that? Uh, versus a patient who comes to me with, you know, or with the stack of paperwork from the traditional system that says I'm frustrated, I don't have any answers, what's going on. Uh, I like both of those patients. I like dealing with uh, both types, but preventative medicine is by far more important than reactive medicine. And that's where I like to practice functional medicine the most is how do we keep you healthy? How do we keep you happy? How do we keep you well? Versus waiting for something bad to pop up and then trying to react because no matter what aspect of life we're talking about medicine or otherwise being proactive about the problem is always more beneficial than just waiting for it to pop up and then hoping you can handle it there are it seems like more physicians that are starting to come online and look at functional medicine as opposed to the conventional medicine approach because more people are out there I think embracing the holistic side of things, you know, whether it's oils or CBD or, you know, more plant-based, you know, opportunities and stuff. No, for sure. I mean, I think honestly, that's the way to go these days is, you know, and I think our regular doctors are just so, you know, they're, they've so much going on. The appointment times are so little, they don't have the time to spend with the patient to really get to know who they are and, you know, what's really going on with them. And I've tied that into the whole, like the psych mental health stuff too, as well. And the easy fix is just to throw medications and chemicals at these people, which is probably doing more harm than, than good, you know, as an overall. So having been kind of in the, you know, life sciences side of this thing, as well as in the health insurance side of it, my background, you know, I, I also seen many cases, the downstream effects of the medications that doctors prescribe. And so, you know, you, you have to look at those trends and see, you know, okay, if people are taking a specific medication, there's going to be downstream effects that the insurance company may start seeing as new um, treatments that they're going to have to take more insurance money that's going to have to be applied, going to raise the premiums, all those types of things. And so it just seems to me that, you know, the approach that at least the functional medicine side doing 
and looking more at everything that's going on with that individual, not just the single symptom that they're coming forward with, but getting to know that individual at least in the you know least amount of time that you can to try to treat the whole thing. And I, I know, Alec, you were talking to me about how you spend most of your days now on Zoom calls doing it that way. How much are you able to really get to that that element of it in such a short window in a short space? So uh, my functional medicine practice is through Steady MD, and I each one of my new patient visits is an hour and a half. So if you've ever had an hour and a half new patient visit with a doctor, I'd be surprised. No, no. <laughs> I'd be surprised. So yeah. we waited yeah. an hour and a half for a five minute visit. <laughs> right. <yes. laughs> Yeah, you've probably spent that much time in the office, but not yes. in town. Yeah. Uh, so hour and a half first visit. Um, I usually feel like we can make a fairly good connection on how they ended up in whatever place they're in, what I call like their health journey, what got them to the spot they're at, whether that spot is, hey, I'm healthy and great and I want to keep being healthy and great, or I've had this issue, it's a chronic issue, and I haven't found an answer that I'm looking for. But within the hour and a half, I usually can get a good sense of, what in their life drives them positively, negatively, what sort of things they've done to help themselves, hurt themselves, what the system has done to help them, hurt them, and sort of help set up the starting point for how do we redirect? Because that's what functional medicine is really about. Occasionally, I do use prescription medications when I meet new patients, um, but it's almost always to help guide us back to a place where we hopefully won't need them. And so it's in that time, I can usually get a sense of the patient, patient get a sense of me, we build that sort of partnership that you'd like to have with your healthcare provider, and start moving you back to a place that you're happy, healthy, well, and living the life you want to. Does that line up with, um, like, when you're testing the hormones and looking at hormones, because like, for instance, I just, I'm doing that right now. I'm getting all of my hormones tested, you know, looking at all the levels in my body, the stress hormones, cortisol, adrenal glands, everything. Um, yeah. So do that all the time. Um, check sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, sex hormone binding globulin, and also the cortisol, the stress hormone you're talking about. Uh, thyroid is a big one that comes to me a lot, thyroid issues. For dealing with those, uh, we always get the blood work, always sort of see what the numbers look like, but the treatment almost exclusively seems to go back to the how are we eating, how are we sleeping, how are we exercising, how are we managing our stress? Because you can't stop stress from getting into your life. You just have to sort of learn how you can control the stress that exists because those are the biggest factors that will influence the way your body produces and uses those hormones because your body is fairly well set up to do things perfectly and we just kind of over years and years of living and the way we live in 2020 kind of just screw it up you know i did i did seven years of pure emergency medicine nights weekends holidays you know i haven't had a normal sleep schedule uh, i got two little kids right yeah nikki you understand it's the same same life so you know we do these things and and so i know that we can't always stop those right i can't stop working 24-hour shifts i still work 24-hour shifts in the er but my job with my patients and essentially with myself is how do I make this life that I've chose or that I have keep me happy, healthy, and well on the things I can control? But do you think with that, that those kind of lifestyles, which I think a lot of us, you know, even outside of the medical field that have, you know, go through, especially veterans or, you know, people who are active duty, uh, for me, for instance, you know, insomnia has been a huge thing for me. I just cannot figure out my sleep. 
But I'm wondering if because of my lifestyle, things that I can't really control, whether it's my job or not, are throwing off hormones or things in my body to where it's causing the insomnia or is it, you know, how does that all relate to each other? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. So uh, the lifestyle will throw off the hormones, especially when it comes to cortisol. Cortisol is meant to rise and fall naturally during a 24-hour period. Uh, it's related to melatonin, it, which is in your normal state created by how often you're getting to see the sun. And so if you were not seeing the sun because you're working nights or you are seeing the sun all the time because you are in an office for 24 hours and you have got UV light on you, that's going to mess up your melatonin and therefore your cortisol, your sleep cycle. And if you keep that up, then long term, you will have issues with it. In terms of things you can control, that's where we put our efforts in functional medicine. Whether that's when you can sleep, we promote good, healthy sleep with things like melatonin, CBD, if it works for you passion fruit extra you know there's lots of different options and or do we how do we address the way we eat to promote sleep how do we exercise to promote sleep when do we exercise and, and what kind of exercise do we do right and so uh it's impossible to say like oh just get a new job right or just like stop living that life that's not possible and so focusing on the things we can control to promote good sleep when we can or uh, promote the good lifestyle when we can to help rectify those issues because ultimately you can't make a 24-hour shift or non-circadian lifestyle work long term this is not the way we're meant to live but there are ways to health do it in a healthy way and that's a lot of work i do with my patients who are either ems police fire veterans active duty and reservists and so a lot of the work i do is with people who have that issue because i've had that issue i had that issue for a long time before i even started practicing functional medicine you, you hit right on the button right there because I think what you just said, I was just going to bring up the fact that you work with high-performing teams in you know, your private sector uh, or your private life there. You know, I think that with the military, a lot of our listeners are either going to be veterans who, I mean, we have a good civilian populace as well, but I mean, they're going to be veterans who are dealing with some of the issues that Nikki's describing, you know, sleep deprivation, you know, insomnia, pain. Um, things that happen because we live the lifestyle in the military. Then you have those individuals who are currently serving, who are listening to this and going, hey, this this is me too, because, you know, I, I, since deployment, I've had the same issue or, you know, just my lifestyle and my job, I'm running to the same things. And so they're not always going to find a doctor or physician that looks at things the way you're describing, though. And like I said, I was very fortunate to find a physician that was, um, very like-minded and approach things that way. Uh, so how, how do you, how does an individual then like understand what was their true baseline and how, what changed or modified to move away from that baseline? And so that's part of the hour and a half visit, right? That's part of the, the time that you get to spend with a functional medicine <laughs> doctor is, is to get to those answers. Um, for, for the most part, like if I could generalize, it's, a combination of a prolonged stressor, whether that stressor is sleep disruption for work or stressor from service, deployment, things like that, uh, on top of aging, right? Aging makes everything harder. Mm, you know, I, yes. I, I'm going to be thir I'm going to be 34 next month. I don't by any means handle night shifts at 34 the way I did when I was 24. Uh, and so that, yeah, <laughs> That's, a, that's a, a big part of it. You know, our body is meant to slow down a little bit as we age, and that happens. Uh, but finding out those features of what may have 
been the ter- turning point is a huge part of functional medicine. That's why we have those hour and a half long visits is to get to the bottom of those things. Well, you said some things that I think are important, like, you know, in the beginning here about exercising right, eating right, you know, doing those things that actually give you more of a healthy body or a healthy lifestyle, you know, get out as much as you can to get the sunlight, you know, eat the proper food and eat, you know, make sure your nutrition, your gut is your gateway to your you know, your body and your brain and everything, you know, and so what you're taking in is fuel is so uh, critical. I mean, I'm saying all these things and yet I don't practice it, to be honest with you. So the way I should, I'm saying the thing that annoys me most that sort of traditional medicine says like, Oh, you know, my lipids are high or my sugar is high. My blood pressure is like, Oh, just eat better and exercise. Right. Right. But it's much more than that. So the re- what I love about functional medicine is it's very personalized, very personalized, and I get to spend my time with my patients to do that. So not only is it personalized to your specific maybe vitamin D deficiencies, genetic deficiencies or variants like MTHFR, things like that, uh, it's also very personalized to your life, right? I-, I could eat differently before I had a five and a three-year-old than I could now that I have a five and a three-year-old. Um, and so being able to make both exercise and uh, nutrition very personalized for my patients is one of the parts I really enjoy. Um, you know, specific types of exercise for either injuries we're avoiding, injuries we're improving, or if you have metabolic insufficiency or insulin resistance, we're going to talk about different styles of working out than if you have issues where you're lacking in the uh, the ability to do everyday activities and sort of pick up your grandkids or get up off the couch. Uh, and also we'll talk about differences if you are an ultra marathon runner or if you are a tactical athlete on a SWAT team. And so the individual and also the individual's lifestyle needs, not just their medical and health needs, all play a role in functional medicine for me. Do you do like individualized biochemical factor tests though? I mean, are you running like if an individual comes to you, do you recommend that they go and give you a baseline, some kind of baseline test, blood work or something like that that you can then work from? Yeah. So usually when I see a patient, I have an idea of what's kind of my baseline set test that I run. And then I'll add things on based on the discussions we have, you know, some of the normal stuff, what we call like basic blood work, like what's your blood count, what's your metabolic panel, like your kidney function, liver function. But on top of that, I want to know what's your vitamin D level, right? One of those things that has been brushed off or it's like, oh, your vitamin D is a little low, drink some milk. No, but vitamin D's role in increased risk for interstitial lung disease, which is an issue that we just talked about when we talked about the 107 Foundation, vitamin D deficiency with depression, sleep issues, things like that, Um, thyroid and, and thyroid testing, which has a lot of nuance to it. But then on top of sort of the basic work that I do for most everyone to see where we start, I base the rest of my testing based on what they tell me, whether that means we look into food sensitivities or the makeup of their gut microbiome, the bacteria, the yeast, things like that. Whether we do specific hormone testing or even uh, like genetic testing to see if they have deficiencies in MTHFR or any other variants that may need supplemental support. When people are looking for physicians and stuff, is it something now that that physicians who practice more functional medicine are making sure that they underscore as to, you know, in their background and everything, hey, you know, I'm a functional medicine physician or, you know, how can individuals who may be seeking out that find somebody who might be open to those types of practices? So 
the Institute for Functional Medicine has an ability to sort of search for providers in your area. Um, the reason I chose to work with SteadyMD, which is it allows me to do functional medicine across the country. I'm licensed in about 80, 85% of the country now. So I see patients all over. Um, and it's all people who are traditionally trained and certified MDs and DOs who have gone on to further training in functional medicine. So I, I, I like working in this group because it kind of brings you the best of both worlds, lets you see both sides. And if you have a more functional lean towards something, then we will work on the functional aspect of it. If there's an issue like you call me because you've cut your wrist open and you're wondering if you need to go to the ER, uh, there's no functional medicine for that. Like I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that one, you know, with the good old suture nuts and bolts style. Uh, and so there are lots of options for places to look for one, but you'll want to make sure that you are finding somebody who not necessarily advertises that they do functional medicine, but if it's someone who does that as part of their uh, practice, it will be made known to the patients. And I don't know if you've already covered this or not, but are, so is something like what you're talking about, is that covered under insurance or is this something that's would be an out-of-pocket cost? So SteadyMD is not through insurance. So it is a monthly subscription. Uh, and so it's a monthly subscription, which... Uh, as far as I run my practice and SteadyMD runs their practices, um, there's about 40 or so different doctors, which is continuing to grow. Um, you sign on, you can take a personalized test to sort of see which doctors sort of fit your mindset, approach to practice and things like that. And then you get to pick which doctor you think would be best for you. Um, and then it's a, a monthly cost, but there's no limit on how much you can text me or call me on the phone or we can visit via Zoom. And so I have some patients I check in with every week or so. I'll just text them, say, how you doing while we work on treatments and things. I have some patients who through functional medicine are more interested in not necessarily treatments, but like longevity and things like that. You know, they check in with me when they need to, uh, but it allows me full autonomy to work with my patients on how they like to be cared for, uh, which you cannot always do in the insurance model, like we spoke about earlier. If the insurance model is, if you have a lipid level of X, you need to be on a statin. By right. doing it this way, it helps us move outside of that. And it also allows me to do an hour and a half with a patient versus six minutes because of the insurance uh, you know, cost of it. So you're like, you're a virtual concierge service, sort of. That's how I try to run my practice. Um, as you know, with work on the SWAT team and two kids, it's not, I don't say it's exactly concierge because if you text me and I'm trying to cook dinner or put two kids to bed, I will not text you back until the morning <laughs> when I'm back in the office. Um, but I, I say you can always call if it's an emergency. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, the, the way I jokingly tell it, it's like, it's like having your doctor friend, right? Like you can send me the picture of the rash and to be like, is this weird? Um, or you can say like, hey, I don't feel great today. And I'll, I'll say, I'll ask you some questions. We'll talk a little bit about it. And if it's complex, I'll say, hey, why don't you schedule an appointment for tomorrow or, you know, whenever works for you. Uh, patients have access to my schedule. They pop in, click on whatever works for them. And I'll see them as soon as that afternoon if it's early. Um, and we work through it. And so it, it's, it's access, honestly. It's it's access for me to my patients, which you don't have in a traditional model. And it's access for my patients to me, which allows me to care for them better because I can know what's going on as opposed to waiting a year, year and a half to see everyone and just hoping things are okay. 
I think, you know, America has gotten so accustomed to using the more traditional approach and traditional medication or at least whatever's prescribed by the doctor. As a matter of fact, they, most people don't even question what's prescribed by a doctor yet. You know, when you start looking at the more holistic side of it, there are some of the same benefits that you see by using different organic products and stuff um, that some of which, you know, actually became medicines, you know, that, that we actually use today uh, to treat things and are, or are part of it even today and not synthetic and stuff in nature. But, you know, why do you think that it's it's taking so long for us to get back to what grandma used to do uh, or our great-grandparents and treating ailments? Because let's face it, back in the day, my, my grandmother could give me 42 different um, ways to treat an ailment. Most of the time she was right. Whatever she gave, whether it was drinking out of somebody's shoe or something stupid, <laughs> it, it seemed to work. Now, I don't know if it was psychological or whatever, but it's interesting that we're getting back to more of our grandparents' way of, of eating as well as treating certain symptoms. You know, it's, it's tough to say, like, what was the natural progression or the history of this. Um, for me, the way I like to think of it is that I get to provide a personalized medicine because while prescription-based medications aren't 100% efficacious, the efficacy that is required to pass and become a prescribable medication is probably higher than some supplements or some other treatments. You know, if it doesn't help at least X number of patients, then it doesn't get passed. It doesn't move forward. But that doesn't mean that supplements and natural products don't help a, a great majority of patients. And, and so I like to trial and error. I have patients that love CBD in all aspects, uh, but I have some patients that have tried it and thought, you know what, it doesn't really help me. And so we have other options for that. And so, you know, being able to provide the personalized approach through it, especially with the idea of being open to supplements, natural-based medications, chiropractic, chi or chiropractor work, acupuncture work, um, anything like that, I, I, I've, I've personally done it all. And the, that's the reason I will recommend it to my patients. Um, and so having that relationship with my patient to be able to kind of work with them as we go through the journey is just as important with prescription medication, probably more than it actually is with anything else. But that allows me to, to give them the ch best chance for success because not everything's going to work no matter what kind of treatment we're talking about. But being able to do it together, I think, is the important part. Yeah, I mean, I think to answer your question, Rob, is that I, people are starting to become more attuned to their bodies and, and not wanting to put a bunch of chemicals in their their system and you know and that's why I think we're starting to come full circle and and having like services like this pop up and and you know where people are just tired of that five minute visit with their doctor where they come in and, and they know like you, you barely even looked at me you didn't even look me in the eye you looked at your computer the whole time you don't know me you're throwing these prescriptions at me and now with these services where you know he's willing to spend an hour and a half on your first consultation to get to know who you are and you know what you actually need as a person i think that's why it's becoming more and more popular why it's now circling back around you know plus the cost of just having a five minute visit with your doctor is it's it's just gotten so crazy and out of control so yeah. probably where we're, we're all headed because I, I hear it more and more with these type of services coming up and becoming a lot more popular and people preferring to do that and and now with technology too being able to do it out of the comfort of your home is a lot better than going down you know fighting traffic to get down to 
the clinic or the hospital, waiting in the waiting room for however long, and then seeing your doctor for five minutes where you can take out a lot of that time and just have the face-to-face over, you know, virtual. And especially during COVID where most physicians went to virtual care anyways, right. you know, to be in a virtual model, but still having to practice like traditional model where you're only getting five, 10 minutes, quick reviews, um, I think has moved a lot of people towards seeing, you know, what can be offered from a physician, even virtually, given the opportunity to get to know you and spend time with you. If we can talk about any benefit that has come from the coronavirus, which I say sort of understanding, uh, is that it's put a big emphasis on preventive care, on being healthy, uh, mm. on trying your best to be preve- have, practice preventative medicine, try and be as healthy as you can prior to an illness. Because the best way you can l- be able to fight any disease, any illness is to be prepared, right? And so having your body be as healthy as it can be and optimized in things like zinc, vitamin D for your immune system, those are the things that will help you despite what's happening around you. And so when we talk about zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and things like that for immune support because of coronavirus that's happening now, those ish- those deficiencies and those benefits that you get didn't just happen. Those are things that would benefit you during flu season in three years, right? And so having the spotlight put on preventative care and the way that we can help ourselves be healthier, live healthier, and deal with the unknown stresses and the unknown and unpredictables of illness and trauma and things that we experience in our life um, is a, a nice piece to have of this preventative aspect. Even in your bio and study MD, you talk about that you've worked with a wide scope of patients, including professional athletes, new moms, special forces, soldiers, community members, and frustrated patients. But you've also learned that no person's health needs are ever the same. And so, you know, but, you know, when we talk about military, it seems like we have a lot of the same symptoms. So I think a lot of times, you know, people are looking for that um, silver bullet. You know, what is that one thing? Because, geez, if Nikki's having a problem with insomnia, I'm running the same problem. Nikki, what did you find? Because I want that treatment. You know, I'm going to I'll be completely honest. Silver bullets don't exist, um, unfortunately. And I think the hope for silver bullets and the promise of silver bullets kind of put us in the space that we talked about earlier of complaint and problem equals medicine prescription. Um, The idea of a take this and you'll be okay or things will be better. Um, And that just hasn't proved true. Um, You know, whether we're talking about psychiatric illness, we're talking about sleep issues, we're talking about PTSD, we're talking about pain. Um, No matter what we're talking about, silver bullets are few and far between. Now, the way I usually like to describe is we just got to find enough bricks to build a wall, right? We're going to do a lot of incremental things. We're going to chip away. We're going to find the 1% changes we can do in a lot of aspects of your life. They're going to make a big difference. And so unfortunately, I wish I had silver bullets. Uh, I know if I, I tell my patients, I wish I had a crystal ball and I wish I had silver bullets. If I had those two things, like we'd be set. If I knew exactly how it was all going to turn out and I had that one magic fix, Right. Every, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I'd have a huge, I'd have a full patient panel. Everyone would be happy. I wouldn't ever get a phone call again. Uh, but unfortunately I don't. And so the same issues that fall into the high performance athlete fall into, uh, effect when I talk about the chronically ill patient who's frustrated is how do we take the little aspects of, or the major aspects of your life, make little changes, find little problems, and how do we optimize those 
to either allow you to be a higher performing individual or be able to, you know, eat breakfast with your family without having chronic abdominal pain and running to the bathroom immediately. It's the same approach. It's just what we look for in terms of things to adjust is different for each person. I think we're going to have to make a lot of adjustments as we move forward, because if I understand correctly, the number of family care physicians is really dwindling. You know, not as many people are going to that practice. It's already difficult just even to get into medical school and not as many people are, I think, are going in that direction. But then also that the practice of just family care, those days are starting to slip away, too. We're going to find it harder and harder uh, to find openings and availability from our family care physicians. Absolutely. I mean, I... uh I still love working in the emergency room. I, I love cracking chests. I love doing those things. But the thing that I lack the most in emergency medicine that I have found a real love of in working with SteadyMD is the personal connection I have with my patients. Uh, in the emergency room, you don't have it. You get five, six minutes, life-treating, life-saving uh, measures, and you're moving on because there's always more people. And unfortunately, the traditional model, like we've talked about a few times, has taken away that personal connection of family medicine. So like when I talk to my, you know, my dad's friends or older primary care physicians, like they loved that connection they had with their patients. And unfortunately that's kind of just been ripped away. Um, But that's why I chose to work with SteadyMD is that I I get to have that again. My, you know, my non-functional medicine patients, my kind of traditional patients, I still do an hour visit with them when we first meet. Uh, Functional medicine's an hour and a half, like we talked about. And, you know, we have a great time. We laugh, we talk, maybe sometimes we cry a little bit. Like it's a great time to get to know someone and we form a partnership in their well-being. And so without that driving force, I think there's a lot of loss of love for the primary care role. Yeah. And I also think too, in traditional, like the traditional medicine model is that, I don't know about you guys, but when I go see my primary care it's actually I I see several different people all the time like I never see the same person and so I don't think it you know along with the five minute visits I don't think it really gives anyone a chance to get to know you and that's a huge part of the wellness right you knowing me and knowing my lifestyle and, and how I am and you know what's going to work for me so that's where I see this type of service also being more beneficial than that traditional service because if we build a relationship and you know, you know what I do for a living or you know what I do every day in my daily, you know, and, and now I have a change or something's going on with me, you can tie in all of that into what's going on with me today or what my complaint is today. So I think more people would, would love that and, and, and definitely benefit from that. And it also helps with treatment, right? To be able to know someone's past helps you guide their future, right? But without having that connection because you're seeing different providers or you just don't have a connection, then the only option is that prescription pad. It's that complaint pill process. Um, The past medical history is huge, right? But when you go to the traditional, either the ER or your doctor or several different doctors, they pull up that past medical history list and it's a it's a gigantic list so to any complaint that the person's ever been there for which you know may or may not be something that they're dealing with now nobody wants you know with their five to ten minute window try to go through all these different past medical histories you know complaints and everything else and try to put that together with what's going on with the person so 
again, building that relationship and you already know, you know, when I do call you and like, hey, this is what's going on with me. You already know my background. You know what you've treated me for before. You know what, you know, what is in my past medical history. You don't have to go through all of this, you know, this Bible of whatever to try to figure it out and tie it into what's going on with me today. So, yeah, it's much better model. <laughs> so, yeah, Nikki, you know, like it happens to both of us where you get the picture from the friend or like the weird text, like, do I have to go to the hospital or this is okay? <laughs> right. That's exactly But You know, we both get those all the time. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, now my job, <laughs> my job now is just doing that. And so yeah, I know my patients well enough that I get those weird texts. And, you know, I occasionally I even feel texts about their kids that aren't technically my patients and things like that or their wives, you know, because it's just now it's a relationship. And right. I think that is the key to helping someone be healthy and well is the relationship. People are going to look at listen to this and they're going to go, OK, you know, if my insurance isn't going to cover it, then what are my out of pocket costs? Not only that, but, you know, typically and not only that, but how many patients is Alec actually seeing? on a, a given basis. So how much is he really going to understand me after that first initial hour, hour and a half visit? Yeah. So I will say that the reason I love steady MD is because they handle all the stuff that isn't doctoring, right? I get to just be a doctor. Uh, I get to do all the fun doctor stuff. So when it comes to marketing, billing and all of that, uh, I don't have a role in it, but I can tell you, I do know how much it costs for uh, functional medicine patients. It is uh, $199 a month. And that is, um, if you are familiar with functional medicine, a fairly reasonable cost for what a functional medicine physician provides. Um, but it also gives you access to me whenever you need it. It becomes the partnership. Yeah. Um, the more traditional kind of non-functional is... $99 a month. Um, when I have patients that fall into that category, it's not like I take off my functional medicine hat, right? They still, I still talk to them about the same things we talk about, but functional medicine takes some more time. It takes more getting to know you. It takes deeper dives. And that's why there's a difference. Uh, in terms of patient panels, um, a traditional primary care doctor in a sort of standardized practice will have anywhere between like 2,500 to 3,000 patients. Wow. Yeah. Uh, right. That's why your visits are short. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and that's why you do one a year. And if you have a sick call, you might get in um, yep. my my patient panel. I keep around two to three hundred. Um, and so, you know, a tenth of the size. And so there's definitely room for everyone. Right. Um, I don't have any interest in making my panel much larger than that. Uh, right now, I think I'm currently around 204 or so, and I'm very happy with that number. Uh, but at the same time, I, I like seeing new people. I like meeting new people. And so I always, I never I never enjoy when I kind of tone it down a little bit because I, I only do if I feel like, OK, I want to make sure everyone's getting best care they can. But I, I always like meeting new people and having new people that I can help and work with because that's the part I enjoy. Yeah. I think that's what people are missing here, though, in that $200 a month, though, is that one visit, like you said, if you can get in and if you do go, how much time you spend traveling there, traveling back, um, the time spent within the waiting space before you actually get a chance to meet with the physician. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the time that you actually spe uh, spend with the physician and on your side, you know, what you're talking about, you're having the opportunity for that money to be able to reach out at any given time. That, that's a huge difference right there. You know, there may be, you know, times where you reach out a lot uh, or there may be times where you don't. 
but I think at least it gives you the opportunity to have that available, you know, if you want to do it. Yeah. It's a, the way I sort of describe it jokingly um, when I talk to people about the, the difference in the model is it's like Netflix, right? Like you're not always watching Netflix, but the ability to watch Netflix whenever you want is there. And, and that's how the same thing works with, you know, working with your doctor is, you know, you, if you don't need me, I am happy. I am happy for you not to need me, but I want to be there absolutely the minute you do. I probably and, would have used the uh, the gym model more because more people, I mean, yeah. seriously, yeah. how many people go and spend, you know, $35, $40 a month on a gym membership and they go from January to about March because they want to get the bikini bod or, you know, the summer bod ready. And then the rest yeah. of the time, they don't think anything about that payment, you know? Yeah, that's it's perfect. That's the yeah. same one. It's there if you want it uh, or there if you need it. And so it it, it allow the, the model... The reason I enjoy the model is because it allows me to have a small practice, a micro practice, 200 to 300 patients is very small. Um, And it allows me to provide really personalized care. And it also allows patients access to a physician that you just don't get any other way. Um, In the traditional model, you take six months to get an appointment. I don't make appointments with my traditional doctor when I had one because I don't know my schedule in six months. So I would call to make an appointment and they'd be like, okay, we can schedule it for six months from now. And I'd be like, I probably won't be there because I, I, I don't know my schedule that far in advance with that, with my kids and my work and all the other things I have going on. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, but if you wanted an appointment, like Rob, if you want an appointment, I got an opening tomorrow. We could have you on. Like, <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, we'd hang out for another hour. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we we wouldn't record that one because no, no. Nikki, you can come too. We won't record it because there's HIPAA violations. But, but yeah, so having while the cost and price model is different, obviously the service is also different. Yeah, uh, and it you know it ties you know if I can tie in that 107 aspect, right? So a lot of the the complaints with with what's been going on and why 107 originated is that nobody was picking up on the subtle changes of these patients and it was too late for a lot of them, right? So they end up with cancer or whatever. And having this type of model, again, with that relationship and he knows who I am, he knows my lifestyle, he knows, you know, what's going on with me and, and me com- having some of those complaints that are that would not normally get picked up on in an ER or with these different doctors that see you constantly, you know, he might be like, wait a second, you know, maybe this is a little different. This is different for you. This is a different pattern, whether it's, you know, the the whole colon thing, right? So maybe this is different for you and you need to go get it checked out or you need a diagnostic test or something. So like, I just, I am just more a proponent for this type of model because I feel like somebody like you building those relationships is going to be able to pick up on, on things that the normal medical model isn't going to. Yeah. It, the, the way I like to practice is blood work, testing, visits are not to hopefully catch something, right? They should be a roadmap to guide us. So if I haven't heard from a patient in, say, three months, which sounds like a long time, but when was the last time? Like, I don't see my doctor every three months, right? No, we don't. You see right. him once, and then hopefully you don't see him at all, and then you go, oh, I think that's that time again to see him again, right? But if I don't hear or see from a patient in three months, you're going to get a message from me. Right. I'm going to say, how are you doing? I'm going to say, what's going on? We're going to do blood work. You know, for some patients, we do blood work monthly every two months if we're monitoring things. Some right. will get pushed out to like six months if they're like, hey, I hate needles and I feel good and everything looks okay. But 
all of those visits, all of those things, they should be roadmaps because we're working on this together. I know you, you know me. Uh, this is as much frequent screening as it is just coming to me when you need something. And that's right. the biggest part. That's the part of functional medicine I enjoy, like we talked about earlier, is the personalized approach to not only treating problems, but preventing problems. Right. I, I like what you mentioned about Hunter Seven, and we talked about that earlier, you know, about the work that you've done with them, as well as Global Surgical Medical Group. And, you know, when you talk about Hunter Seven, I think what, you know, Nikki's describing is so critical that veterans sometimes don't see things. We were talking about, you know, even tra uh, traumatic brain injury. You may not see the effects of those for two to three years after the event actually occurred and so most of the people when they start having sleep problems they have you know chronic headaches or those types of things would never think of something that occurred two to three years prior you're trying to identify something that's happening right now a change within the weather patterns is causing me to have a headache or you know i'm not getting enough sleep or rest or i'm not working you know i'm working too much or stress levels are high um, you know, as an individual, those are the things you start considering, but someone like you who may understand, Hey, I'm a veteran and I had certain things at events that happened to me in my past, you would probably start picking up on those things a lot, uh, faster, I would think because you're spending more personalized visits in a smaller level. Yeah. Like, you know, we mentioned before, I, I didn't have the honor of serving, um, uh, but through, GSMSG when I went and the people I met doing that and the veterans I work with on the SWAT team and then my my work with Hunter 7 um, seeing the long-term effects of service injury um, and how it is presenting now and how it's cared for as like a new disease problem despite like you're saying these things occurred years ago Right. There are things we could be have could have been doing in the interim between, you know, the initial injury, the initial trauma, the initial service and the presentation of illness where we're not just waiting for something and becoming reactive. And that's where functional medicine lives is in the proactive and not in the reactive. Um, yeah. and, and patients who have this time in their life where, you know, stress is high, exposure is high, risk of injury is high. Those people need they need to have preventative care checkups. That's the place to put in the work as opposed to waiting till it gets to be too late. And now you've got the medicine cabinet full of meds and the disability and things like that. Exactly. Well, the fact that you're following up these individuals every three or four months or whatever your frequency pattern is, is, <laughs> is helpful anyway, because I mean, you know, most of us don't want to go to sick call when we're on active duty. And when we get off active duty, we don't think about a physician until we feel some kind of pain or ailment. And we actually need it after we're done sucking it up for a period of time, then we'll, we'll, we'll eventually get in there and talk to somebody. And it's a painful thing to even, you know, pull ourselves into the, the doctor's office in the first place. We almost feel like, ah, oh, geez, I'm letting myself down. But he, by even having to go to this appointment, I don't even want to do it. Um, and, and I can't just say for myself, you know, I, I have a, a wife, as I mentioned, it's a nurse and I have to get her to do the same thing and she should know better. So I think it's, it's a, it's obviously a normal reaction, but I think for veterans, we see it even at a heightened, you know, state. Well, I mean, I think the biggest deterrence to go see your doctor is what you just mentioned, right? It's like, ugh, I'm going to have to wait. This is going to yep. take my day. This is just, uh, I'll just deal with it later. And 
you know, I think us in the medical profession are even worse because we do know (laughs) (laughs) we know what we're getting ourselves into when we go to the doctor. So, um, but you know, being able to just call you or get on Skype and, and talk to you like, Hey, and that, I mean, that just eliminates hours of the other stuff that you have to do to get to your doctor, you know, that right there is, I don't know, to me is very appealing. (laughs) No, the, what I try to do with my patients and what I love about my job is, you know, I hopefully am removing all the barriers to you being healthy, right? The time, like Nikki said, sitting in traffic, driving, like the annoyance when things are running late, because like, then it's just disrespectful and you're like annoyed by it. The, the frustration of short visits, the lack of connection between the two, um, the lack of being able to follow up. If like, if in three, four days, you're not better, right. it's tough to get another appointment, right? But like, I'll be texting you every day. You're going to get sick of me, right? Like, I'll make sure you're doing all right, right? Uh, I know I'll ask you to check in if you need anything. Uh, and it, it goes both ways, this, the, the communication. And so I hope that uh, you know, I bring that to the table with my patients is that I remove some of those barriers. Yeah. Do you ever get those people that are, uh, have their encyclopedia book of medicine sitting next to them and call you all the time and trying to diagnose what their situation is? <laughs> so what I tell what I tell my patients is Google away. I don't care if you Google. I want you to Google. But I want you to bring whatever questions you find from it to me. So yeah. do your Googling and then bring it to me uh, and, and we'll talk about it. We'll see. I'll either say like, hey, you know what? Maybe that's a possibility. Here's why I think so. Here's why I don't think so. We could do some tests or all right, time to put Google away. Go play with the dog, right? Go play with the kids. You know, we're going to be okay. Well, so, you're opening up Pandora's box with this whole thing of I can contact you anytime I want. So, yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. But I, I, yep. So you've got free access, you know, uh, in the in the app. I'm, I'm a... I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but in the app, (laughs) there's a phone number that you click. It does not go to the doctor's office. It goes right here. Right there. Wow. So it goes to me. Um, You know, my patients, very respectful. They're great. I love all of them. You know, they only call when things are bad. It's usually calls like, hey, I might need to go to the ER. Hey, I might need to go to urgent care. And I can usually help either save urgent care visits, be like, yes, that is definitely ER. Why don't you have all your fingers? Um, You know, those kind of things. Uh, And so, but my patients are very respectful of me because I I hopefully am very respectful of their time and their needs as well. You know, I tell them like, hey, I got two little kids. I'm a single dad. I have other issues with the SWAT team and other obligations. And so I can't always answer. Leave a voicemail. I'll call you back immediately or I'll text you back if I can and we'll sort everything out. Alec, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, and most importantly, I appreciate the work that you've already done and continue to do with Hunter Seven Foundation, with Global Surgical Medical Group, and and others. Is uh, obviously with you being a medic and being on the SWAT team, a you know a police officer, all those types of things. It's just pretty amazing that I don't know how you juggle all that with your personal life, to be honest with you, and all what you're describing with the number of patients that are probably reaching out to you on an uh, everyday basis. <laughs> but I commend you for all of that and appreciate all the service that you're doing to the community. And um, I hope a lot more people who are listening to this look into it at least and take advantage of the opportunity. And, and I know you've already mentioned, you know, Steady MD. Um, you also mentioned about the, the functional medicine uh, organization and stuff that they can research to learn more about, you know, providers within their area or how they can reach out and contact those individuals. Um, but I don't know if there is, you know, anything that 
do you have to say about as far as um, if people are listening to this and going, hey, I want Alec. Um, you know, you said you're at the top of your limit, but no, no. So I, I'm only at 204. I, I told myself I would go to 300. So okay, I, right. I do have space. <laughs> um, and also, I would I would say six like right after. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say thank you, Rob, for all the nice things you said, but it's way too much fun to take any credit for doing this stuff. Uh, I enjoy it too much. Also, don't ask me about my sleep schedule or my caffeine intake. <laughs> but that, uh, sometimes that is probably the one aspect where I do a little bit of doctor say as I do, say do as I say, not as I do, because yeah. you know I, I've chosen a certain lifestyle that's a little busy on occasion. But yeah. um, if people are looking to get in touch with me, um, you can either go to steadymd.com slash weir, W-E-I-R, my last name, or you can contact me on Instagram. It's just alecweirmd, uh, and shoot me a message, ask any questions you want, uh, and you know, let me know if you have any questions. I'm happy to help. I give out semi-free medical advice all the time as, as much as I can uh, <laughs> without feeling like I'm ending up in a lawsuit. Uh, and so yeah. you know, shoot me whatever messages, questions. Uh, I'm, I enjoy doing this, and so I'm happy to answer them. Well, if people, you know, write in to us or contact us through direct message or whatever and ask us to, um, you know, come in at, you know, bring you back on the show, approach uh, this in a different way or or talk about specific uh, subjects. I hope you're you'll be available through all those things that we just talked about that you're currently doing to get you back on the show so we can cover those aspects again. So uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Well, thank you both. Uh, Nikki, it was good seeing you. And Alex, great meeting you. Wish you nothing but the best. And again, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, of course. Thank you.